What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Channel B1. Today we're on the 20, I don't know what. What did I what did I name this one already? The 23rd episode of the Biker Bar. If you're not familiar with the Biker Bar or you're new to the channel, every Sunday I do this long format podcast. So if you're expecting to see something that's uh um very entertaining, you came to the right place. I was gonna say something bad, but I decided that's probably a really shitty way of marketing this so anyways so here we are every sunday at 5 p.m pst um i have different guests that whether they're youtubers whether they're industry folk whether they're somebody that's running a business something to do with bikes that's what we're talking about usually the episodes go between an hour and two hours and uh so here we are episode 23 I don't have a sponsorship. So like normal podcasts and stuff like that, they always have these annoying ass commercials at the beginning. So my normal, normal annoying ass commercials are all about me and my, my shit, because that's all I got to talk about until I have like, like the, uh, the spandex guru, like giving me $10,000 an episode, we're going to talk about biker. So this is the deal. I would love it if you guys can subscribe and support the channel that way by watching the videos, by hitting the thumbs up button. If you're here already, there's 30 of you guys, hit, hit the thumbs up button. That, that makes me happy. Um, what I do is I, or what I've done recently is I've taken all the ads off of my videos. So all the ads that would normally pop up in the middle of the videos, I took those down and it's just the regular bumper ads on the beginning and the end. And other than that, there's no ads through my, my videos. There's no ads through the biker bar. And the reason I did that was, A, I want you guys to have the best experience that you can and not be interrupted by the commercials because, hey, everybody has Netflix, everybody has Hulu, everybody has Amazon Prime, nobody likes commercials. So let's get rid of commercials. But what I ask for in support in exchange is maybe, maybe some of you guys stop by Patreon and sign up at least for a buck a month. If you sign up for a buck a month, that's my uh, testing the water group. I might have a different name for it. I can't remember, but it's a buck a month. And that gets you access to um, some additional content that I put out. Most importantly, it supports the channel. Channel. It uh, helps me buy beer, which uh, keeps me motivated. And uh, there's also some, some coupons on there for some of the uh, vendors that I've worked with. One of the, the recent ones that I, I just got in the email today is I got, I got a good discount with PNW. So if you're thinking about getting a dropper, um, maybe swing by, swing by the Patreon at, at uh, patreon.biker.com or go to patreon.com slash biker, B-1-K-E-R, and check it out. Otherwise, you can join the, uh, the, the, the happy hour crew. That's, that's my, my $5 a month. You get early access videos. You get a longer rough cut. So you get to see, um, you get to hear all my dick jokes. So th those are all in there. And, um, <laughs> and that's that. So let's move on. Today, we have a guy from Colorado. His name is Shane, although he spells it really weird. I don't know what his parents were thinking when they did that, but they came up with that. We're, we're going to find out why it's spelled that way. Um, Shane has a channel called The Crashing Dad. I'm assuming he's a father. We'll go ahead and find out. Shane, what do you got going on over your channel? Hey, what's up? Um, I'm Shane, S-H-E-Y-N. I know it's funny. My parents, I don't know what they're thinking. They just made it up. But it's actually my middle name. My first name is a girl's name. So when I was 12, I was like, F this. I'm not going by a girl's name. And I went by my middle name. And uh, that's that. I am I am a dad. 
I do have two small kids, a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And well, what else? I've, I've been mountain biking and doing this YouTube channel thing for about two years now. And you, you know, when you first start doing anything, you suck so hard at it. And <laughs> I started out, I was crashing all over the place and I was a dad and I was kind of, you know, just kind of being dumb. And I named my YouTube channel, the crashing dad. If I could go back, I, I might rethink that, but it's, it's still kind of fun. Every once in a while I, I live up to the name. <laughs> I think it's a great name, dude. There is, there is no part of me that would consider changing that. Um, what you just said there really drew me in. And this is this is the part that you're, you're probably not going to expect. This is what I want to talk about. But I'm also a person that goes by their middle name. Robert's not my first name. I don't have a girl, girl first name, though. However, dude, it is a pain in the ass being a person that goes by your middle name all your life. Every time like that you get a loan or you like go to the doctor, like you have to re, re, like respond to them by your first name, which you never use. So then the thing that's really weird for me is whenever you like, you, like, like let's say you call Kaiser and, and you're like, I don't remember, do they have my first name or do they have it notated in there that my middle? So you're like, there, it, it's under Robert. Or, or maybe Harold, I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> and, and you know the person on the other line, end of the line is like, uh, you, you, you don't know who you are? I mean, you know, like. I feel but, that pain, man. I totally but, feel guy are you? So that's funny. I, I totally didn't know that. So um, I was looking at your um, YouTube channel and it says in your description on the about that you were a former road cyclist. So. And, and an Ironman triathlete. How, how did you get into, so I, I'm assuming, did the triathlete thing start like with running or, or riding bikes first? So it started with riding bikes really. About oh, eight years ago or so, I had a coworker who was like, dude, you're a skinny little Asian guy. You should be a road cyclist. I was like, okay, you know, maybe that works. So I, I borrowed a bike and borrowed some spandex and something about road biking just drew me in, you know, the wind in your hair and climbing up and suffering and bombing down the hills. And that kind of turned into making some friends that were crazy and convinced me to, Hey, let's do this. these Ironman races. So, um, I absolutely hate running. I just got through the running. It kills me. I will never ever run again unless I'm bailing off of my bike and have to run. <laughs> When I, when I was in the army, I had to run a lot. And I used to tell people when I got out of the army that I was never going to run again, like, unless it was like from the cops. And, uh, and, and the funny thing was, is like, I got out of the army. I think I wasn't, I wasn't even out very long. And all of a sudden I was like, man, I feel like I need to go for a run. And I realized those fuckers brainwashed me, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like it was really weird the whole time I was in, like my hair was always longer than it was supposed to be. Like I was always getting in trouble for it. Got out of the military, like had a military haircut for the rest. It was like, what the hell? I see how they did this. So, so you start out doing these, these, um, these Ironman competitions. For me, the thing that like really like is daunting about the idea of an Ironman is not running and not riding. It's the swimming part. Did you have a background in swimming? No, I didn't. And for a whole year, I trained. I, I'd swam an hour every single morning just in the lap pool. And then I did a few uh, open water. Swim. An hour? Yeah, hour. Every like you were touching the, 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 the ground for an hour? Uh, I mean, just back and forth in the lap pool. 
Yeah, so I mean, you're kicking the end of the pool, but otherwise you're just swimming for an hour. Yeah, I mean, and you're not swimming super fast, but just to kind of get used to it. But then you go into open water and like any little thing that touches you, you freak out. And I started to like see sharks under me, even though I was in a lake. <laughs> like, right. yeah. yeah, the swim is definitely the hardest part. And then in the race, when you're swimming, you've got people kicking you and you're kicking people and people are running into you. And it's just, yeah, man, Iron Man is totally... It's a totally different beast, but for me, it was all about pushing myself just to see if I could. So let's establish what is an Ironman exactly. So an Ironman is, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting the distances right now. It's a 2.4 miles. Oh, I've got it here. No, I don't. <laughs> so it, it's it's like a two mile swim, and then yeah, swim, 114 on the bike, and then you run a full marathon. Holy shit, all in one day? You don't get to like take breaks and drink yeah. some beer in between? So you start, <laughs> you can drink beer, I guess. You yeah. start at 7 a.m. and you have until midnight to finish. Wow. Yeah. So you so, did it. So you do a century, like a full century. Oh, yeah. And then you then you run a marathon on top of that. Yeah. Do, do they always start with the swim or is like, do they like mix it up which way you go or? The, the Ironman Corporation does. Ironman is just a brand. There uh -huh. are other you know, triathlon races that they'll they'll mix it up or they'll have kayaking in it or whatever. But yeah, normal triathlons start with a swim, which can make or break your whole race. Then you get out soaking wet and have to go ride your bike for 114 miles. Yeah, they have a like a, a it's not like a it, I guess it's just a triathlon here locally that it's called Epi's and they do the, the instead of the swim, they have a kayak portion. And I've considered doing that. I am. Um, I used to run a lot, and um, for whatever reason, I, I I I go through like stages in my life where I'm like really motivated or I'm really lazy. And whenever I went to really lazy, the running part didn't really line up with that, so I kind of stopped running. I've been <laughs> I've been considering getting back into that because I'm 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 making an honest honest effort at losing some weight this year. That's my that's my goal. So. I saw that in your video. It was really inspiring, actually, your whole speech. Yeah, I, I'm really good at giving inspiring speeches. I'm not always good at the follow-through. So I did a, a great inspiring speech about a year ago and, and, and made the same pro proclamation and then managed to gain like 30 pounds. So <laughs> let's awesome. see how this plays out. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I don't know. I think the cool thing about whether it's Ironman or road cycling or mountain biking or BMXing. It's all, it's all internal, the, the competition, you know, pushing yourself, pushing your limits, seeing if you can make yourself better over time, whether it's through obstacles or through, you know, health aspects, weight loss or strength gaining. I think for me, dude, the thing that I enjoy about, it's the same thing that I like about skiing is that when I'm doing it, I actually can't think about anything else. And I think that's part of why I don't like road biking as much as mountain biking or like running as much as mountain biking, like skiing and mountain biking though. Like when I'm doing those things, like that's all that's on your mind. You're like, do this, do this, do this, make this like, like you're constantly like there and there's no, there's no bills to pay. There's no like, like no problems at home. There's no issue with your girlfriend or your wife. There's no, there's nothing except for you and that trail. And that's to me, 
like I, I'm I'm like an ADD kind of person, so my my brain's like always like bouncing all over the fucking place. And for me, like that that time to have nothing but one thing on my mind is really um, it's really nice, you know. I call it I call it my therapy, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Friend, go ahead. I was say I don't wear headphones on the trail at all, just because the sound of the tires and everything else going on. Like you said, you're in the moment. It's it's a total therapy session for me. You know, I used to always listen to music, and uh, once I started doing the channel, it's like it just felt like it was too much. It was like I got this freaking camera, I got this freaking gimbal, I got like my Garmin that I want to start. I it was like it was like this is just this is the limit. I can't do another piece of electronic on me. I feel like I'm like 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 the Terminator or something like that, suiting up whenever I go to start. So I stopped and today actually was one of the first times I, I've ridden with music for a while. And when I, I, I don't know, I did a biker bar a while ago with a company called Otis. They, they make these uh, kind of headphones that stick on your, your helmet and like point the sound to your ears. So you can still hear like everything around you. Yeah. And uh, when I was talking to that guy, he, he spit out some like percentage. I don't remember what it was. Let's just say it was like 20%. And he was like, it's scientifically proven that you're like 20% more like motivated while you're listening to music. So I'm like, okay, I'll buy that. Something <laughs> like that interests me that. And like, have you seen the bone induction headphones? Mm -mm. They just like sit on your, above your temples or something. And the sound it's bone or induction or whatever. The sound goes through your bones and into your, into your ears. Yeah, it's I, like your inside voice is now freaking like Led Zeppelin. You're like, what yeah, the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want Robert Plant in there or not, you know? <laughs> yeah, download this podcast and listen to it on the trail. You get off the bike, you're like, I need some heroin. <laughs> so you, you uh, what, what are you drinking over there? I, I know we were talking to, uh, beforehand. Oh, man. Right now I've got water because I just got back from a ride. I also have a sour that I'll probably drink tonight. And then I have a whole bottle of Four Roses uh, small batch bourbon, bourbon whiskey. <laughs> you're going big, dude. Dude, you said we're going here for an hour or two. Or we'll Yeah, see. might as well get shithouse then. Fuck it. <laughs> so what? Sour. Better. What got you into sours, man? I'm not really a sour person. The lady drinks. Maybe it's because you have a lady's first name. Is that what it is? That could be, man. <laughs> you know, I I didn't start drinking any alcohol until I was like 26 or 27. And, you know, I mean, beer is kind of a, you kind of have to grow into that taste. And yeah. I, never, I, I couldn't get into it. And people started giving me sours and like the lighter beers and Blue Moon and I got really into that and then I started finding the world of all the different sours and now I'm I'm all about sours but I now I've grown into you know I can put down an IPA or I can drink yeah. a regular beer and enjoy it but I my go-to drinks are sours and uh, bourbon whiskey my go-to now is IPA but for a long time I was for the longest time I drank Heineken and that was like it like it's funny too because when I was drinking Heineken like it's an expensive beer, it's an import, you know? And when I was drinking is like when I had the least amount of money in my life. And then like, I got older and I got like, you know, more like financially secure. And then I started drinking like Coors Light. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? And, and I remember I would go to a bar every once in a while and be like, they didn't have a Heineken, they didn't have a Coors Light. And I was like, all this 
bullshit microbrewery crap. And I remember just being irritated with it. And it's like, now I go in and I'm like, what? You you, you don't have that freaking, that that double IPA from the, the local place that nobody knows of? Like, what the hell kind of place is this? <laughs> you guys are supposed to support your local economy, aren't you? You know? Yeah. You know, I will say though, like after a big long ride, there's nothing better than a cold Coors Light or Bud Light or just some generic beer, you know? I think every beer has its place, you know, like, like for me, like Coors Light is like the best beer. If you're like digging a trench in your backyard or you're floating the river with your buddies, you know, or you're like going to be like, like watching football all damn day long. Like you're, you're like, dude, you're not doing that with freaking 7% IPAs, man. Cause you're going to get through one game and that's going to be it. dude. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hey, this is the biker bar. We got to talk about some sort of alcoholic beverage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, so, so, um, what was the first beer that you liked? Blue Moon with an orange. Yeah. Well, that's that's a Hefeweizen. That's a pretty good beer, man. It's pretty light though, very light and citrusy. And I was like, yeah, I can drink a beer. So back in Germany, so the, the Blue Moon is basically a Hefeweizen, if I remember correctly. Like by the way, last time I drank it. But in Germany, they have one called a Crystal Weizen, which is like kind of a light Weizen. Oh, and I wish they sold those over here because it's like has that taste of the Hefeweizen, but it's just like doesn't pack the weight on as quick. <laughs> that sounds good. But it's a little more refreshing, though, too. And the Germans do some weird stuff, too, with their beers. Like they'll mix like a Weizen, like a Weizen, like Hefeweizen with a half lemonade and half beer. Or they do one, too, called a, a cola beer was half Coke and half beer. And you would think that sounds like it would taste like shit. And this this German chick's like, no, you got to taste it. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll do anything to see your boobies. And I'm like, and uh, I, I tried it. I was like, oh, my God, she's actually right. This does taste good. These Germans apparently know what's going on with drinking beer. <laughs> you know? Interesting. Is is Heineken a German beer? I'm just... No, Heineken's from uh, Amsterdam. So it's, oh. a, it's a Pilsner, though. Right. And, uh, you know, over there, it, I think it has a little more alcohol in it over there. And also, like, I will say, like, when you're drinking, like, Heineken in Amsterdam, it's, like, so damn fresh. It, it definitely, like, has a different taste to it. It's kind of like Guinness over there in Europe, too. Guinness had a little more um, alcohol in it. And I, I really enjoyed it over there. And every time I've tried to have one over here, it's just, like, it just tastes watery over here compared yeah. to over there. Never had a Guinness. Yeah, it, it's definitely an acquired taste. I hear that it's was, delicious. Huh? I hear it's delicious, and I'll try anything once. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it, I think it's an acquired taste. You know, I, I don't think you can do stouts, like, right out the gate unless you're, like, maybe if you're, like, a really big coffee fan, there's a lot of stouts and porters that have that coffee kind of flavor to it, and I think yes. some people, like, they dig that, you know? Cool, man. So, um... You you were doing these triathlons and you're doing all this road biking. So where was it that you, you started getting hair on your chest and decided to get on a mountain bike? <laughs> well, okay. So um, I was a road biker and on the road, dude, you're, you're sharing the road with 2000 pound cars, with teenage whatever's in them texting and they tend to swerve a little bit. And I've been, I've been pushed off the road by cars and their mirrors a few times I got clipped by a mirror right when I moved out here to Colorado and I kind of got to the point where I was just like, you know, it's, it's not worth it. And 
when we moved out here, the mountain biking is so huge in Grand Junction. I was like, you know, I'm going to give this a try. I went to the, just the bike shop that had serviced my road bike. And I picked up this $400 Cannondale that I had painted and Frankensteined, but I picked up this $400 hardtail and went out to the trails. And so you didn't have any friends. You were just like, you, you just decided to try it or zero friends. Really? Yeah. Moved out here. I didn't know anyone. So I picked up the bike, went out to the trail, started to catch on. You know, I was kind of being a weirdo as I mean, you're, you're weird when you go from road cycling over to mountain biking. You you put the the packs on your bike and all the hydration on your bike and you got all the computers and power. I mean, you do as much as you can onto the bike. But um, so I got that and I was like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to use this gift card that I got to buy a GoPro so I can document these. So I bought a GoPro Hero 5 and then I eventually got a Karma. I was like, oh, this this footage is footage and the stabilization and the sound is crap. So was at this point you were you were getting the GoPro to like like you wanted to do the channel or you were just doing it like to record like for your own personal reasons? You know, when I started, let's see, two years ago, I kind of wanted to do it for my own personal reasons. But then uh, Alexander, the, the single track sampler, some people know who he is. He was at, I mean, he just started his channel. It was like 180 subscribers. He was out in Fruta. And I hooked up with him and it's funny because we were actually, I was filming some footage for his 180 subscriber celebration. He was trying to learn a 180, which is so weird to think about that, especially where he is now. But I was hanging out with him and he actually taught me on our easy trails, like how to feel out mountain biking. Like oh. We'd go up and down trails and he was super patient with me, giving me tips here and there. And uh, I watched some of his videos and I was like, hey, I could kind of do something like that. So, you know, you go out and you talk to the camera and then you go home and edit and you're like, oh, crap, this is a 20 minute video. No one's going to watch this. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of how it got its start. I've got some really old videos I'm embarrassed of on my YouTube channel, especially. The early, I mean, I don't, you know how it is. You sometimes maybe you don't, but you look yeah. back at your old videos and you're like, "Oh, what was I thinking?" But dude, I, if I look at something from like three months ago, I'm like, "Oh my god, that was horrible." <laughs> okay, so yeah, so you feel me? I totally, totally get that. Almost every video that I upload, I'm like, "This is the one that makes everybody think they're they're over it." You know, like, yeah. like there's very few of my videos that I'm I'm super stoked about when I upload them, and. Uh, I think that's part of what keeps you you pushing forward, though, you know? Oh, yeah. Learning all the little editing tips. and There's just a lot to it to really, like, like, it's an art. It's an art to learn how to edit as far as, like, you know, those first ones. Uh, th there's been a few times that I've thought to myself, it would be fun to go back and, like, pick five of my videos and, like, re-edit them with how I do things now. Oh, yeah. You know, and see, like, how good would that video be? Or is it like, is it just editing? Or is like a lot of it is also like, I remember the first time, like just taking a fucking GoPro out and holding it up out in front of you in the parking lot. When people are like drinking beer and standing around, you're just like, what's up YouTube? You know, like what the fuck, man? You know, like people are like, what is wrong? What's wrong with that fat dude over there, man? You know, like, hey, man, that's awesome. I mean, you do feel a little bit crazy, but you, I mean, you get to the point and I'm sure you, you're totally there. You get to the point where you're just used to it and, you don't care if people think you're weird for talking to yourself. Yeah, you know, it I will say though, it still happens like when you're on the trail and you're like like 
you're kind of coming along some single track and you're having this whole conversation and all of a sudden somebody like comes around the corner with like them and their like wife and their friends or whatever and you're like um i'm just gonna stop for a minute <laughs> you're just, I'm, I'm not gonna continue this conversation until they're all gone yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like there's so many of those little nuances whether it's that or editing that make doing a youtube channel just so time consuming and hard but like unless you love it you're not going to make it and so many people are like oh i could make videos better than this or and we've got some trolls out there that are kind of funny like oh i'm going to make videos that are slightly better than yours and I don't know about you, but for me, if I have a 10 minute video or if I, you know, if I have a 10 minute video, that's 10 hours of editing. It's like an hour of editing per minute. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, I think it was Gene, whenever I first started, um, I was on his, his, uh, his little show that he did at the time. I can't remember what he called it. I think he still does it actually. Um, and where he just like, you know, kind of interviews people sort of like this, yeah. but he, he edits those down and, um, like chat that's what he called him and uh he told me like during that conversation it's like three times as long as it took you to ride so like if it was a three-hour ride it's like easily like nine hours of editing and okay. and i think that's that's pretty accurate and honestly in some cases probably even like lowballing how long it actually takes that's just if you want to pare the ride down to the fun stuff that doesn't include anything else yeah i mean my rough cut that i do like so when i was talking about patreon earlier when I when I started Patreon, I wanted to make sure, like, because I still have a full time job. I have kids, well, kid now. One of them moved out, and uh, and a lady. And you know, you got you got you got your your normal shit you need to do, like take out the trash and all that crap, right? And uh, um, I I don't remember where the hell I was going with that. To tell you the truth, what the hell were we just talking about? Patreon. Oh, Patreon. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that my Patreon like was like as little impact to my life as possible, but still be able to like give something to people. And, and I noticed that like every time that I went through my edit, like you would go through the video of what you recorded and you just kind of like, oh, I remember there's something fun here. Oh, I remember I said something funny there. Oh, I remember this guy fell off the bike there. Oh, this climb was hard. And you do that and every time that would be like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. And then, then it would be like, okay, now you go back to the beginning of that and then try to like go through it and and cut it down, right? And so whenever I started Patreon, I was like, okay, well, I can just do that. I'm doing that anyway, and then I'll just publish that to people, and that's the that's the extra content, you know. So that's it's really rough, you know. And if people that are on my Patreon, I mean, now I'm doing drone work and stuff like that. I mean, the drone work has no sound to it. I don't do my voiceovers or anything like that in that process. But you really get to see like the creative side of wow, this went from that. To that this is really cool i think it's i think it's neat i i know if i was like not a creator that i would i would enjoy that because there's a lot of like little like sidebar kind of jokes or longer conversations that usually like if you're like when you're editing you're like that doesn't really fit into the story but it was really funny it was a good part of the day or like you know it meant something and that 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 gets that gets dropped you know for the for the story <laughs> you know you know, I've I've thought about it. And I've had people mention to start a Patreon and people are always like do these normal things that every YouTuber is doing, but like you said, you know, I've got kids, a wife, a full-time job and I I haven't done Patreon because I don't feel like I can offer something of value or for that value to those patrons. 
because I can barely get out of video every month with how busy my life is. Like, you know, you've got Alex and Brian and everyone's traveling to mountain bike. I don't travel to mountain bike. I mountain bike when it's convenient, when it works around my schedule. I do travel for work, so I'll bring my bike with me when I go to Sedona or Moab or High Mountains of Colorado. But like, I mean, we don't have the YouTube money truck backing up to our houses to be able to support this. It's but tough. Can, you know, it's tough to to. It's really tough to juggle a quote unquote like regular life. Like I can understand how. I think I said this the other night on on that live stream that we had everybody on it. Like when when Seth went from from having his his business his web business and he decided he was going to do YouTube full time. He went from putting out like two or three videos a week to one. And I remember thinking like, dude, you have all this other time. Like, why are you doing less? And then I realized like now, like in, in where I'm at now, I'm like, dude, if you really want to give a video, like a lot of attention and like really put out a good quality product, you, you can't like, I don't know how the hell Brian does it, dude. Like, honestly, like, I, I don't know, like that dude, like he's just cranking them out, man. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even understand it. Hey, I mean, they, they work so much. I, I mean, I've had hung out with Alex and Seth and I haven't really hung out with Brian. I've ridden with Brian, but when you see what they do day to day, it's like, they are working, they are editing, they're taking care of their social media. Like it's a full-time job. I, I couldn't keep up with that. I'd rather go writing, you know? Yeah. How do you juggle that with the, with the wife and the kids? Like, I know for me, like my, my lady, she's like, we need to set some kind of like boundaries of like when you're allowed to respond to people on social media. Cause for me, like, because I'm ADD, it's like, as soon as my phone buzzes, I'm like, Ooh, shiny ball, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go respond to that. And then I get sucked into the other 35 comments that are there, you know, and it's like, she's like, you need to like have some, like some boundaries or something. And I don't know. I, I heard what she said. I actually haven't done anything about it yet, but I, I how do you do it? You know, it's, it's tough because you want to respond to every single comment. And I do. I mean, some, sometimes they'll hit spam and I get them a month later. But every single comment, once it comes in, I, I try and respond to it then and there. And most of the time it's during the day when I'm working. And I, I can pull out my phone and give a genuine, you know, like feedback back and forth. And I'll even have conversations. I'll, let, I'll tell people, like, look, I'm just a regular person. If you want to direct message me on Instagram with questions, feel free. You know, I'm... Yeah, I'm comment. I'll interact as much as I can, but when I'm working and when I'm with my family, the phone is down. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. I try to do it as it comes in because I feel like it's it's um, easier to do at that point. But there have been times where, like, maybe I've been in, like, say, let's say I was up in a camping trip and mountain biking for two days. And I come back and and I can sit down and answer like freaking a hundred comments in like ten minutes. I'm like, wow, that was actually really fast. Maybe I should just kind of like get to it like that. But I feel like as a person, like for me, like when I like make a comment on somebody's video, like I, I kind of want that instant gratification. You know, I don't want to wait for like a week for them to respond. And then I already forgot that I even said anything to them. Yeah. I mean, sometimes too, I'll, I'll wait for the wife to do her nightly Instagram catch up. So she's going through and I'll go through and do my catch up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do this thing where it's like, we sit down to watch TV and I'm actually not watching it. I'm just responding to freaking shit. Yeah. Yeah. So you said something about you moved to Colorado. Are you not from Colorado originally? 
No, I was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. Raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. And that's kind of where the road biking came from, why I was encouraged so far into that, because the road biking scene is definitely, I would say it was bigger there when I was there. You've got all sorts of canyons you can climb up. There's road racing and criterium racing. And if you want a mountain bike, there is there are some spots, but you got to drive 45 minutes up out of the city into Park City to like go really do some real good mountain biking. And I mean, I could be wrong. I'm sure there's some hidden gems that I didn't, that I don't know about, but yeah, Salt Lake city is where I was born and raised and started my whole deal there. So how long does it take you to get to where you ride? Like right now, where you live? Five minutes. Oh, wow. So I you're kind of like, I could jump on the bike and be there in 15. Yeah. That's kind of how it is for when I was talking to Josh from uh, daily mountain biking, mountain bike rider. Um, but for me, like I, my, my rides are 30 to 45 minutes away. So oh, no, yeah, it's definitely it. I mean, for, for the road bike, so, which I do as well. I mean, mostly just cause the lady likes it. And, um, we have like a, a trail here in Sacramento. That's like just shy of 40 miles long that follows the river. And that's only a couple miles from my house. So we'll just leave the house, jump on that trail. You could, you could do a 50 mile ride. No problem and come back to the house and it's like, wow, that was really easy. Yeah. You know, where we're mountain biking, it's like, there, there's some time commitment there. And especially when you have younger children, like you do, you know, my, my, my kids, you know, were teenagers. And my, like I said, recently, my son moved out and like the, the time, the, the time that I have to spend with them or that I do spend with them is definitely a lot less than it was when they were the, the age of your children. You know, you, you have a lot more, uh, a lot more on your plate at that age. Well, I mean, I like to play. And so we kind of have a deal where, you know, I get Saturdays and she gets Sundays, you know, cause yeah. if I want to go ride. She's got to stay home and watch the kids. Right. You know, or we have to get a babysitter if we want to ride together. So I can't wait till my kids are teenagers and I can leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fun too. Like when you can actually bring them with you, Exactly. Uh, like, like riding with my son when he came back, um, on leave for, for Christmas, he, he was like, man, I really want to go ride bikes. And I was like, dude, you're like, you're speaking my language right now, man. But it's just like the, the time that we, we have together on the trail like that is just really, um, it's priceless. It's like that, you know, you really get to relate with each other and in, in a way that I always say like, like people that do things that suck together, brings them tighter you know like so it's like people that like go through some awesome or like horrible horrific event like they're always like really tight you know and that's kind of why military people are really tight so they just do shitty things and like when you do shitty things it makes you tighter and mountain biking half of it is fun but half of it's shitty you know so it's like man we climbed that climb or holy crap we ran out of water or oh my god we got lost and you know like all these things like you go through these things together and I feel like it really like pulls you together as a, you know, makes your relationship tighter. I think, you know, so you saying that you ride with the lady, like that was one of the things when, when Katie and I got together, like that she mountain bike. And I was like, this is really cool because it's something that, that we can do that sucks together. <laughs> so, so you say you road bike with her all the time? On, on a fairly regular basis. I try not to do it as much as I can. But, Where are the Instagram posts of you in spandex? I don't have spandex, dude. See, I'm one of those guys, dude. I, I, I will not do that. 
Like even back in the nineties, whenever I first started mountain biking, like spandex was the only thing that people wore. And back then I would, I would wear like the spandex shorts and then I'd have like Umbro's like soccer shorts on top of them. Cause right. I'm like, that just looks fucking gay. A and B, Nothing wrong with them. there is no freaking, there is no like speed difference that is going to happen on my skill set that means that i need to wear a spandex so i'm that i'm that road biker wearing like the dirty ass freaking mountain biker shoes and the baggy shorts and everybody else is going like what's wrong with this dude and i'm like hey man i i'm still gonna get done with this ride and go drink beer because i'm a mountain biker well <laughs> your audience is still craving that that spandex post we oh yeah it will never happen we're not we're not paying for patreon for nothing man <laughs> Which, by the way i like it i'm so disconnected from the whole community i because i'm so busy i didn't know you had a patreon and when we were just talking here i signed up for your patreon and i didn't see any spandex so i'm disappointed yeah um i i would tell you that i would put a spandex picture up there for you but actually i would be lying and i don't like lying to people so <laughs> i do appreciate you signing up for my patreon though that's super cool there's yeah, some there, like i said earlier man there's some good discounts on there so um there's a, like a filter tag that you can click whenever you're on the post page. You can't see it that well on the phone. It's easier to see it on the uh, on the website. And when you go to that, then there's just like any. Usually, any of these companies that I talk with, I try try to get some kind of deal where you know some kind of percentage off. And I, I feel like that's one of those things that I can provide, you know, to people. And I, I try to make it so it's like, hey, if you spent like if you do, did a buck a month, like if you spend twelve bucks a year. I can at least give you enough discounts that you make that back, you know? That's awesome. So, but yeah. anyways. I, so I like the idea of Patreon. And for me, because because my YouTube channel has the name Dad in it, it's kind of it's basically saying, hey, this is a family-friendly channel. But I would love to have something to uncensor myself. and Because, you know, when you're on the trail with bros, you're not always PG. I would love yeah, that. My channel is, I, I don't know, apparently you haven't watched a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a few. I, I don't have a whole lot of censorship going on on my channel. Oh, yeah. And um, I think that for me, that's like one of those things that has hindered my channel's growth is because of that. But it's also like the people that, that are following me, they follow me because of that. So it's like, you know, I've thought about it before, you know, like try to curb some of the, the cussing or whatever. And it's like, dude, that's just who I am, man. I'm just going to make these stupid jokes. And sometimes I say shit that's way not politically correct. And sometimes I, I, I fucking put my foot in my mouth and I'm like, man, I'm glad I can edit that out. But, um, you know, dude, that's sometimes, I do cool. that, sometimes I do that shit on live streams though too. And it's like, oh, Fuck, man, you know, but I think at the end of the day, this is the deal, man. Just like what you said, you go out there with your buddies, like those punches aren't really being pulled out on the trail. And I felt like when I started my channel, I really wanted to like portray the way it was with me and all my friends. And maybe that's not how every mountain biker is, but that's how all the guys are that I ride with. So that's what I wanted to portray. And I didn't want to like, I didn't I, I didn't want to kind of curb that for for whatever reason, you know? Oh yeah, I totally see that. And there's hella people that are like, dude, I wish you didn't cuss. I can't watch this around my kids. And and honestly, that gets me into like a whole other like almost political freaking argument with or like mindset that like 
for me, my kids don't cuss. They don't walk around dropping f bombs and whatever, you know. Like, and I've cussed like a like a, a sailor my entire time around them. And for me, it was like it was always like, look, this is what I do, and I know that this is wrong, and I'm and I'm telling you that I know that this is not right, and I want you to to recognize that that I have faults and that this is not the the this will not make you the best like like presentable person to to the world. So don't make that decision that I'm making. And, and they followed that, you know, and to me, so like, I always feel like, and, and maybe I'm gonna piss somebody off right now. Probably I'm, I'm good at doing that. Like, I just think that people, when they like curb that kind of language around their kids, that you're really not doing anything because instead you have this opportunity to teach them that, Hey, this is how life is, or this is how people are. And you can make that decision not to do that. I feel like that's more powerful than, um, just trying to like pretend that that doesn't happen. Oh yeah, I, we we swear around our kids a fair bit amount. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and everybody has their own thing, dude. At the end of the day, dude, you get they're your kids, dude. You get to do whatever you want, you know. <laughs> so, so that that is what it is. So at this point, you got a couple of bikes in the background there. Um, what what is it that you ride the most nowadays? Oh, okay. Well, like I said, I started on this four hundred dollar guy that. It basically taught me how to work on my bike and how to mountain bike for so I've been riding for two years in October I rode that for the first year and a half or so and then uh, Joseph from trail features when I was like oh my bike sucks he was like well do something about it he sent me this frame from one of his videos it didn't quite work out for Kristen sent that to me and I built that sucker up pretty awesome frame um, over the year and a half when I was riding those, I was saving up for full suspension. So I, I finally had enough cash to pull the trigger on this uh, Rocky Mountain Altitude, which is a 150, 160, 27.5, kind of a really aggressive trail bike, I guess you would say. And then not too long ago, I, uh, I got a smoking deal off of Pink Bike for a used frame and shock uh, this of this transition smuggler, which is a short travel 29 or 115 millimeters in the rear, 130 up front. So I just took all the parts off of my hardtail, threw them onto that. So I kind of have a good balance of short travel 29er for regular trail days, long travel 27.5 for when I want to get gnarly. And it seems to be great. The road bike doesn't get touched very much. It's back there. I'll throw it on the trainer every once in a while, but so I just got a hardtail. This is the first time I've ridden a, a hardtail mountain bike since the nineties. And I'll tell you, it's really fun that it's difficult. And, um, it really like has, has given like revitalized some, some trails for me. And it's also like, there's some trail systems that I never rode because I felt like they were lame. And I, I've actually been riding the hell out of them lately since I got that hardtail. Are you missing the hardtail at all? I am actually, and so we, we have this big used parts sale that's going on locally, and I'm uh, I'm planning on scavenging through that to get some parts to build up this hardtail. I think I'm going to build it up as a 27.5 plus, even though it's meant to be a 29er. I'll build it up, build it up as 27.5 plus, and uh, the wife can ride that if she likes, or she can ride any of these bikes, whatever she wants. You know, she's the boss. So but, you guys are the same same height generally. Yeah. Yeah, that that works out well. Katie and I are the same. Like, I'm six two. She's she's like five eleven and a half, according to her. Oh. I don't know why that fucking half matters when you're five <laughs> eleven, but 
especially as a chick, but she, she played basketball or something like that. So like she has to throw the half in there all the time. Yeah. And uh, so it is nice though, because it's like whenever I didn't have as many bikes in the stable as I have right now, it'd be like, if my bike was in the shop, I could grab hers and ride it, you know? Yeah. And like right now I had sold her bike a little while ago cause I was going to get her a new one. And we haven't got around to that yet. Because unfortunately, freaking my truck decided to uh, cost me like three grand. Oh, and uh, in that process, though, is right around the same time that I got the chameleon. So now it's like we can go out. She can jump on the Bronson. I can jump on the chameleon. And um, it'll the chameleon will slow me down because it's a hardtail and I can't go through the technical stuff the same way. And the Bronson helps her out. So it, it's, it's yeah. pretty fun. Well, the chameleon, like the hardtail, it like teaches you so many little things like you said so you're running flats on the chameleon right yeah this is the first time i've ever ever mountain biked in flats when i started in the 90s uh, i was i rode bmx all the time like that's what i did all day with my buddies and then uh, my mom started dating this guy and and they got me a mountain bike but when they got me a mountain bike everybody back then used toe clips so i used toe clips right out the gate it was like oh that's just how mountain bikes are you use toe clips and then I took a hiatus from mountain biking like everybody does, I think, that that starts when they're young. And uh, whenever I came back into it, I went to the store and I was like, hey, where's the toe clips at? And the guy's like, oh, we don't do that anymore. We do this. And then he talked me into $200 pair of shoes. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing that, bastard. <laughs> so, no, no. I mean, do you, you've obviously been clipped in this whole time. What are your initial impressions trying out flats again? now i'm glad you brought this up and we were having this conversation before before we got started so i think it, it actually was a good one and i while we were having it i was like man we should we shouldn't be talking right now um i will say hands down it is completely different like so different um the way that you do things on flats I will say that I, I feel like my 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 clips have taught me some bad habits that um, I didn't realize that I was having, and also not only the flats portion but the hardtail portion is like the way that I would bunny hop on my full suspension. Like you have to really preload that suspension, and like the way that you're doing it on a hardtail is is totally different. And um, but the the flats. I don't have that issue where people say like, oh, I can't unclip when something's technical. Like for me, I've been doing it for so long with the SPDs. The only time that I have a problem is whenever I tell somebody I don't have a problem. So I try not to tell people I don't have a problem. Um, but uh, there, there's a really funny video on my channel called Trails and Fails. And uh, it is just like everything went wrong that day. And one of the like most comical parts of it was like I was going up this hill and I, my front end came up and I, I couldn't unclip. I fucking fell over. It was like such an angle on the trail. Like it looks like it's flat, of course, because the GoPro, but literally like my feet were like four feet above my head. I couldn't sit up because I was just like stuck upside down. I was laying in poison oak and it was like my phone started ringing, like all this shit went wrong. And uh, the Funny thing about that was that day on the way up to the ride, I was telling my son and bragging about how I never have a problem with clips and it's so easy to get out because I was trying to like talk him into getting clips and uh, lo and behold, what do I do? <laughs> Funny. 
Well, I mean, so coming from road biking, I obviously started clipped in. And uh, like I said, Alex taught me how to mountain bike and he kind of saw when you, when you start from being a road biker, I mean, as a road biker, you don't have any skills. There's zero technique, zero skills. Cause all you do is put down the power, you know, you don't right. have any, any back and forth, any side to side up and down. So I was crashing all over the place. And one of the first things he said, look, like, at least, at least learn on flats, learn your technique with flats. You can jump off when it gets technical and gnarly if you want to. So I, I went that direction and I want to say that I'm flats for life, but I still, once I get the technique on flats, once I feel like I'm really good, I kind of want to try going back to being clipped in for some things. For me I, in the spots where I'm like super fast and super chunky, I think because of my BMX days and all the times that like, unfortunately the pedals weren't as good back then. The shoes weren't as good back then. I mean, the, the shoes that I wore exclusively riding bikes were like the Vans, like boat shoes. I don't know what, what I don't, I, I, yeah, they still make them. They just like canvas shoe flat, you know, like three, three eye holes in it, you know, like, but it, that was like the grippiest shoe that you could get for whatever pedals. And, um, now it's a lot different, you know, and those pedals, like they really, they really, they, they hold well, like it's, they, they hold so well that it's almost a little bit annoying to me in this process that I'm in right now, because I don't have that muscle memory of like exactly where my foot goes on the pedal, where I'm sure that I, I've seen guys that have been riding flats for a while. Like I want to say uh, Steve from Dusty Betty, he, he, he had like a, sh a shoe on his like uh, Instagram one day and it was like, you could see the holes in the sole where he puts his feet like every day, you know, and it was like this, the shoes were wore out and it was like these like holes are exactly there. And I don't have that muscle memory yet. So trying to get my foot in the right place, the shoes, I, I got these ride concept shoes. They're awesome. And I have the one up composite pedals, but it's like trying to get my foot in that right place. It's like, so like, like I'm, I'm, I'm fooling around with it a bunch to yeah. try to get it in that right spot. And then sometimes you'll get stuck like duck footed. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think what I was, oh, what I was trying to pull back in with the, with the, uh, with the BMX days, I think for me, like cause pedals and shoes weren't that great back then, my shins were constantly like banged up. So like for me now, it's like, I still feel that like a level of comfort when I'm just like cooking through some like chunky stuff and the bike's bouncing this way and I'm bouncing that way. And we're just like, like, I feel very confident and very secure with the fact that that bike is not coming off my feet. However, when it does come off, man, it's a shit show on, a, on a, you compared to like a flat, like to get your foot back on. Yeah. Like you can put your foot on a flat back on cockeyed and be good. You know, like you can't do that on clips. Like it's sometimes it's really hard to get started in a technical spot because right. you can't get your foot in that like in and clip fast enough to like kind of get yourself a good go, you know? Yeah. I'm sure everyone that's listening experiences the exact same thing, whether it's the flat problems we're talking about or the clipless problems. And we're, we could, we could always start an argument flats for flats versus clipless <laughs> like religion, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's totally a religion thing, man. I mean, I think that it's, you know, it, it's just like wheel size, you know, it, it's whatever does it right for you. I always say to people like any day on the bike is a good day. And that's really the truth. 
And it also comes down to like, however you want to do it, you know, whether you want to do it with 29ers or you still have a 26 inch uh, wheel or, or you like flats or you like SPDs or you don't like wearing pads. I don't know what the hell it is. You know, like, I think that as long as you're getting out there and you're doing it, like that's really what matters. And I think that if you start to judge anybody because they're not doing what you're doing, you're doing it wrong. because like a that's not your place to do and b dude i've 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 had a few moments in my life where i judged somebody initially just by looking at them or what bike they were on and then they dusted me and those moments stood out to me in a way where it was like you know what don't do that because obviously it doesn't matter you know there was a guy, I've told this story a bunch of times. So guys that follow the channel, you probably heard this a bunch of times. I, I was in really good riding shape, probably like 2008 or something like that. And um, I went out to the, there's a, do you, do you use the website mtbr.com? They have forums there? Uh, nope. So they have like a really big, like, like mountain biking forum. And it's um, broken out by state. And that that's how I met a lot of people to, to ride with initially and learned a lot of things about like the newer technology when I got back into it. And I went out on this group ride that they were doing and there's like, I don't know, fucking 50 dudes there. And there was this dude that showed up. He wasn't wearing a shirt and he was, he was as big as I am right now. And I just remember looking at him and being like, like, who is this fat fuck, dude? We're in Auburn, man. These are some big hills here, dude. This guy's going to be sucking. And I remember I was going up this hill as steep as fuck. And I was just hating my life. And I'm like, just get up this thing. And as I'm sitting there, like trying to like keep my, my heart from coming out of my mouth, that dude rolled by with his buddy and he's got like one hand on the handlebar and they're just having like a full on coffee shop conversation. And he just like, whew, right by me up this hill. And I was like, you know what? Here's your moment, dude. Don't, don't freaking judge anybody, man. Oh, I love that. You don't know, you know? Well, I used to, so with this piece of crap hardtail that was super cheap, not carbon, whatever, I used to go out in jeans and a t-shirt and a water bottle, you know, just like tools in my pocket, just because we have so many dentists or whatever riding around on Yetis and Santa Cruz's. And I mean, I don't want to like bag on that or anything, but it's kind of fun to be able to show them up like down a drop in or up a technical climb and like, yeah, you spent tons of money on your bike, but it's not the bike, dude. You know, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, it's awesome. <laughs> I, even on the, like I, when I bought, when I first started quote unquote road riding, I, I was trying to figure out a re a way that I could like burn more calories so I could drink more beer. And, um, my office compared to where I live is about 15 miles away, but it's super flat here in Sacramento. So I was like, you know what? I can buy a road bike but I don't want to put a lot of money into this because I know I don't want to do it. It's not like going to be my thing. So I was like, I can buy a single speed and I can just gear that fucker how I want it. And I'll, I'll ride this thing to work because we have showers at work. So I was like, dude, here I can put in two hours of cardio. It's, it's really only going to take me like maybe a half an hour more than what it would to sit in traffic. So that sounds like a good idea. And so I bought this single speed and I start commuting to work and I'll tell you what, there's a good feeling of being on a single speed 
and and just breezing by some dude on like a freaking eight thousand dollar carbon bike and he's all like spandexed out and here you are in your baggy shorts and your mud all over your shoes and your helmet you you know like and you're just like you know and and they're looking at dude that fat dude just dusted me on a seat when he doesn't even have a fucking derailleur you know like that that recovery day you know and i think that's the same like that feeling is there there is this part of me with the chameleon that i want to at one point i'm going to in in 2019 i guarantee i'm going to switch the chameleon to a single speed because i through that process of riding that single speed i realized that you don't necessarily need all those gears you know and and this is the bigger thing is like having no option gives you a little bit more motivation like i i did a, a 70 mile road ride with that bike and um and all these people i was with were like i can't believe that you hung with us the whole time and it was just like no you you just you learn how to do it differently you know you're like oh i need to stand up right now or i i need to oh i see there's a little hill there i'm gonna start like bumping up the cadence because i need to camp, come into this thing with speed and I think that in mountain biking, the thing that the main, main reason that I want to do single speed on a mountain bike <clears throat> has nothing to do with anything more than I feel like the single speed will really teach you techniques that you're not going to learn with gears. And the techniques that I'm talking about the most are how to maintain speed. So how to maintain your speed through corners, how to not break because you need that speed because you're going to be geared out otherwise, you know, and that is what I really want to get out of it is how to like descend and really be like putting a lot of thought into my cornering a lot of like, like you can't tap that break because you don't have the ability to like drop down another gear and pedal out. You know what I mean? I don't know. Awesome, dude. I mean, you know what they say about single speeds. You're always in the wrong gear. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I would consider doing, you know, I think I might do that with the Ragley. Yeah. Right? Yeah, dude. I, I think, you know, you do that 27.5 plus. That's the plan with the uh, the Chameleon is go 27.5 plus. I want to put a 140 on the, on the fork, yeah. uh, Fox 36. So I have a little bit more suspension up front. I'm going to do the, the plus and then I'm going to put the, the, uh, the cush core in it too. So I can try to give it as much suspension as it can have as a hardtail. Oh yeah. And then, and then I'm going to, then I'm going to try to fucking see how painful it is. You know, that'd be cool. I, I'd just watch out on the rear with tire size and pressure. If, if it gets too balloony, you kind of get disconnected from the trail. See, this is the thing for, for me. Um, that it's different than you you're, you're 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 a much smaller guy than i am so the first time that i ever rode a 27.5 plus wheel i was like this is what it feels like to be 170 pounds <laughs> on regular wheels because it's like it, it is unbelievable like the, the the traction and the cornering like as a bigger guy and like i can have these conversations even with like jeff lanoski he he's a he's like six five like 220 like he's a big dude and the way that those tires are are made and that stuff's engineered is not for guys our size so like like for me it's like that plus size tire is like man i feel like i can ride straight up a wall 
you know? So would you do plus size full suspension? You know, I've ridden a few plus size full suspension bikes and I feel I'm, I'm still a pretty tried and true, like 27.5 guy. And I actually had a hard time leaving 26 because I love how nimble they are. And Cannondale profit. Yeah. Yeah. I had a profit for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, I think that I haven't ridden a full suspension 29 or 27.5 plus that really made me feel like I would want that all the time. Like I really enjoyed them when I have, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you the chameleon is actually probably the first 29 er that I've ridden that I've actually felt like, Holy shit. This thing is, is like responsive as hell. Like, um, but I'm not like, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid yet. Like the other day on the live stream I did the other night, I, I was saying like, I'm, 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 I'm not eating the cake. I'm just like licking the icing off the, the night right now, you know? You know, I'm, I'm 27.5 all the way myself. I mean, I do have a short travel 29er, but for me, it was as a beginner, you kind of feel more things. I would say you feel more out of the bike as a beginner than you would as someone who's more experienced because you're kind of looking for the bike to do a lot of those things for you. And the control aspects of 27.5 versus 29, like it's harder to control a 29er or turn over a corner. And I felt all of that as a beginner. I mean, when my channel first started, I kind of started doing a lot of reviews because I could feel a lot of those things that I was expecting the bike to do. And you feel a lot of the nuances. And now it's tough because I feel like I've progressed in my riding. I could jump on any bike and yeah, I feel like I'm just a monkey, dude. I don't like, I can totally relate with BKXE when he's like, I can't do reviews that well because I just don't notice it. And I'm the same way. Like I did a, a Bronson video not too long ago. And I rode with my buddy, Steve Y, one of, one of my, actually the very first subscriber I ever rode with. And uh, he he was like talking about, oh, I feel this and I feel this. And I'm like, dude, it's just a bike to me. <laughs> like, like I'd have to ride it for like six months before I realized like, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, and I, I do notice though on historically and the, and the, the chameleon is starting to change my mind with 29ers. I feel like they always kind of like pick their line through the technical stuff a little bit more than you do. And, and they kind of like kind of tank their way through things where that 27, five, like even when I moved to that from 26, that was the thing I didn't like. It wasn't like, like my best like word for it is like flickable. Like it just like, like really agile. And, and I think that's what you give up when you get to that bigger wheel size. But the, the geometries are getting better. They're they're definitely getting better. That's what it's all about, dude. I mean, and for me too, the the more I progress and the better I get. I mean, I don't want to go tooting my own horn, but obviously you go you go from being super beginner to intermediate and you're a little bit different. But the more I progress, the less I care about 29 versus 27.5. Like I could have just as much fun on a 29er as a 27.5 as a better writer, I guess you could say. And I mean, like we were talking about the control aspect of applicability or whatever, the better I've gotten, I feel like I don't worry about the flickability of it because I feel like I can control the bike more than it controlling me. I don't know if you feel that. I think that you, you maybe you're just getting more comfortable with those, those different wheel sizes. Cause for me, I, I definitely feel a difference 
it's especially in the like really chunky rocky stuff so like you did recently a video on horse thief and um that that was oh yeah too i did watch the other one the other day too um and like that's the kind of stuff that i'm talking about like i feel like i really lose that like hair of control with the 29er that that i that i can't give up you know what i mean yeah so i i don't know i mean like like i said this thing is definitely i i see where the 29ers are like really good like i'm telling you like coming through a corner the way that they like carry their speed and how well you can get into the corner i feel like a 29er really does that better but the chunky stuff that i that i really enjoy like that's where i feel like it lacks a little you know i will say i have to completely agree when when i'm getting really chunky and things are crazy technical i prefer the 27.5 and even though so i did the first video conquering horse thief, horse thief drop in on my long travel 27.5 and then i went back it's like i want to prove that you can do you can do this on any bike. So I did it on my short travel 29er, but I preferred it on my long travel 27.5 when things are chunky, when things are crazy, when there are big drops, I like just that little tiny bit of more control. And it's amazing how much an inch and a half can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Even the difference between 27.5 plus and 29, which is like almost the same. Yeah. There's still a little bit of difference. Oh yeah. You know, I 100% agree. So, so in 2019, I think what you really should do is horse thief on a hardtail. I actually am planning on, it's funny because I'm like, I'm totally milking this subject. Like yeah. oh, let's conquer horse thief drop in because it's something that not very many people can do. Well, I mean, a lot of people can do it, but the majority of people walk up and down that. It was like, Oh, let's conquer it on the short travel 29er. And I'm like, where do I go from here? It's, it's going to slowly degrade to like doing it on a fully rigid from 1980 with no dropper post. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you're you're going to have hit Seth up for his unicycle. I'm going to, or the unicycle, or maybe I'll take the road bike down it. I don't know. Yeah. There you go. Right. It's only a matter of time. I think that's one thing about getting different bikes and, and things like that. Um, is just finding different ways to challenge yourself. Because at the end of the day, like most people only have the ability to ride like what's in their like couple hour range, right? You know, most people aren't aren't you know have the luxury of of being single track sampler and just driving around the country and riding everything or BKXE and flying all over the world, right? So you got like your same trails that you do over and over and over again, and eventually, I won't say they get boring, but they definitely lose some of their luster, you know. So the first time that you then, instead of doing that on your five inch bike, you do it on your hardtail or the first time that you go out and, and, and you do it at night, like it is like a whole new game. And it, it, it's just, it brings all of that initial like excitement that you had about riding bikes back. It's like, I'm a noob again, and now I want to see how fast I can do this. Oh, yeah. You know, like can can I beat my daytime down this hill at night? You know, like you know, it, that's funny that you say that because if if you're one of my friends that might be watching right now, recently when riding with me the last few months or so, 
I'm totally an alternate line spotter. Like I'm looking for every single literal alternate jib or hip or rock or jump up every, because out, out here in Grand Junction, we have the benefit of pretty wide open trails and a lot of different options and a lot of drops. And I'm always looking for the little tiny thing here or there just to change that trail up. I mean, even doing something like going to your, your favorite loop and just doing it backwards. You know, and the whole time you're riding it backwards, you're like, this fucking sucks. No wonder I do it the other way. It is better the other way, but it's different. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's the part where it's like, I feel like you have to do that. Like there's, there's a few spots up in Auburn where it's like, that's my, that's my go-to spot. Right. You know, and there, there's some ways that like, I always go this way. And every time I, every once in a while, I'm like, I got to go do it the other way just to remind myself why I don't do it that way. But while you do that, you're like this is fun because it's different, you know? You know, the funny thing about that is my first mountain bike ride out here when I bought this piece of crap, I um, I went to the place called the Lunch Loops. It's very, it's known for being very technical, kind of like your Rockville. And mm -hmm. I went out there, no friends, no riding buddies. And by the end of that ride, I was kind of questioning like, do I really want a mountain bike? Because it sucked so bad. Turns out I did everything backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, up the downs and just the wrong way every way here and there but um yeah i'm a and so it's funny like from starting the youtube channel and not knowing anyone out here i've made all of my friends and all of my riding buddies through the channel which, it's definitely a way to widen your your friend group that's for oh, sure yeah I mean, like, if I completely stopped doing the Crashing Dead right right now, I'd be happy just from the friends that I've made from it. Oh yeah, I, hands down. One of the one of the things, one of the reasons that I started doing the channel was because I wanted to force myself to go other places, and if I didn't like. I knew with the channel, then I would be like, oh, well, I need to go do a new trail. I need to go do a new, you know, go somewhere new and record that. And it was like in that first year I did, I rode all these places and like all these like things that I would have never done before because it was like, oh, I'm going to go mountain bike. I'm going to Auburn. It was like, go to Auburn, go to Rockville or this other place called Salmon Falls. It was like, those were the three places. And maybe once a year or twice a year, I would go somewhere like else. But really, it was just like, those are the places you do. You know, it's like, oh, your midweek ride, your weekend ride, your midweek ride, your weekend ride. And starting the channel was like, I realized that, holy crap, dude, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's really not that far away from me. You know, <laughs> like, and, and I think that that, that has been, um, that's been a really good benefit as well as all of the people that I've met and the people that I've met have been just amazing. I mean, it's just honestly like, it's really cool. I love the mountain biking community. I really love the community. I, I, I feel fortunate to be a part of it, you know? Oh yeah. I 100% agree. The community is awesome. So, I mean, you you go on rides with subscribers um, I kind of tell people like, look, you know, I don't travel for mountain biking. If I'm in your area and you see on my Instagram stories or whatever that I'm in your area, you know, hit me up and we'll ride. Have you, uh, maybe this isn't good because people are listening to this. I mean, have you had any weird experiences or bad experiences hooking up with a subscriber subscribers? 
I haven't yet, but I also have a personality that's pretty freaking um, pretty chill, I guess you could say. You know, like I, I don't I don't get very easily annoyed, and I also am like um, I, I'm okay with whatever. Like, because honestly, just like getting out and being on my bike is is just fun, and I, I will make it fun no matter what. You know what I mean? And I think that people are really interesting to me in general. And I, I think that, you know, you have a common bond with this person, whoever they are. We all like talking about bikes. We all, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, some, some people maybe, yeah, you, you're not going to want to go like invite them over to your house every weekend after that ride but you can go out and have a good time together. And I think that, um, especially being like a YouTuber, you know, like, like people really know you well and you don't know them at all. Yes. So like their experience compared to your experience is really different, you know? And, and that's one thing that I always try to keep in mind, you know, is that, you know, they know me, they like really know me. Like they know me enough that whenever I was being like depressed and not really like, like I was kind of phoning in some of my videos, like everybody knew. I thought I had like the wool pulled over everybody's eyes. I was like, I'll just keep being me when I'm on camera. And then, and then it, it, everything will be fine. You know? And it's like, like, no, like people really, really fucking know you. Like they, they watch hours and hours of you, you know? So like, there's things that you've said that mean nothing to you that have really related to them. Yeah. And so their experience with you, like I, 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 I enjoy people. I, I enjoy learning about them. I enjoy like hearing their stories. And so for me, like I, I definitely haven't had a bad experience. And I think part of that too is like to be a mountain biker, like you have to be a certain like person, you know what I mean? Like, like you could be a hiker, and be really fucking weird or like really cool right because like everybody knows how to walk you know what i mean but to like be a mountain biker like you have to have a certain kind of like gumption to you you, you know what i mean yeah well i mean i think to some extent as diving into this youtube world we're kind of asking for it you know you're putting yourself out there people know you you get recognized on the trail you probably get recognized more than i do but you get recognized on the trail and people want to ride with you and I mean, I've I've only had one experience where it was kind of a little bit weird when they were up. They were kind of upset, like, "Oh, you're not going to film this ride. Like, you're not going to film me riding with you." And it's like, ah, oh, I, I don't throw the camera on every single time I go riding. You know, I, I throw it on with purpose. And I think a, a lot of people, I don't know, maybe not a lot of people, whatever. I mean, some sometimes they just don't understand that we're not always filming ourselves, and it's good to get the camera off every once in a while. You know, um, for a long time, people would say that and I didn't understand what they were talking about because I'm like, dude, I honestly don't really feel any different when I put the camera on. But every once in a while, it is nice to like, just like not be thinking about a shot or not be thinking about a conversation that you need to have or just go out and like, like today, I, I rode by myself and I did a little exploring and got a little lost and had a little fun and pushed my bike up some hills and hit some stuff that, you know, that I didn't want to hit, but I did, you know, like that was, that was enjoyable. 
yeah. You know, and I, I think though that I'm really, I'm such a people person that like having that camera is like, I always have somebody with me, you know? So like, even when I'm right, like even when you're riding with like all your buddies, when you're climbing, you're by yourself, but when right. you're climbing the camera, you're with fucking 6,000 other people, you know, <laughs> like, like you have somebody to talk to. And, uh, you know, I was telling you before we started, you were like, oh, you live stream a lot. How's the lady feel about that? And I'm like, honestly, most of the times that I live stream is because she left. Like she went to go hang out with her friend or something like that. The kids are all doing whatever they're doing. It's like, I cannot stand being alone. Like I hate it. Like it is like the, it is like the torture of all tortures for me. So like, as soon as like the house is empty, it's like, I look at the dog, he looks at me, he's like, doesn't want to talk. And I'm like, fuck it, we're going to go live stream. He's like, <laughs> all right, cool. I'm going to stay in the house where it's warm, bitch. You know? <laughs> like, oh, that's so. Well, I mean, dude, you're definitely a great YouTube personality. We always, whenever us YouTubes get together and ride, we just, we turn on the camera and we, we kind of throw you under the bus. What's up, YouTube? <laughs> and then it starts a domino effect of, what's up, YouTube? What's up, YouTube? Oh, that's awesome, man. It's funny, too, because, like, when I started that, um, the way that I remembered it happening is actually different than the way that it, it went down. Because recently I did a video that was, like, the last 100 videos that I did, I spliced them all together and made, like, one video of them. And I really thought that I started saying that at one point that I, and that actually wasn't how it happened. And, uh, but it was really just like, I wanted something to say to people that just was like relatable. And then on the other hand, it was like, people like, like re repetition, you know? And so like to say something like that every time, it just stands out. And, and it's funny though, that it, it's, it's like grown to be its own thing, yep. you know, like where I had said to somebody recently, I was like, man, I was thinking about just like recording an intro and maybe that's part of it. And then I just get into the video and there's like, no, dude, you can't do that. Yeah, hell no. You got to keep that. Like that is, that is you, you know what I'm is like? Biker. That is biker. Yeah. I'm it's funny. I get it wrong all the time. Is it biker? Is it B1 biker? Is it B1 cur? I'm sure people mess it up all the time, man. My daughter likes to say B1 curve because she knows it bothers me. It, it annoys me. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and for some reason, my kids have this like sarcastic uh, sense of humor. Um, I don't know where they got that shit from, but um, it's biker. I, the reason that I did that was um, I wanted a, a URL that uh, was short and easy to remember. And by being a geek that I, I work in technology. So like throwing a, a, a letter or a number in for a letter is called leap speak. And so it was like, Oh, I could get the biker.com domain like that. And that thing actually started like long before the YouTube thing did. And uh, so the thing is funny about it was when I made my logo, I wanted that, that B one and that slogan where I say it only takes a bike to be a biker, get out and be one. The main reason that I came up with that was so that people could remember how to spell the name of the channel. So when I put the name or when I made my logo, I put that biker underneath, but the B1 above, like it was just because it was like part of it. And I and right now, like going back, I'm like, man, I wish I would have put the biker on the top because people now call me B1 biker. 
And I'm like, no, it's just biker, dude. I say it on every fucking video. How do you guys get this wrong? I say, what's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Channel. B1. Like, this, this is the Biker Channel. How do I say it any different than this is the Biker Channel? And then people still fuck it up. So, but, but honestly, I asked somebody along the way somewhere, and they were like, oh, well, I, I say that because it, that's how the logo is. It says B1 Biker. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Uh, I'm my own worst enemy. You know, I love, I love that though. That just makes me think of that really big dude with his shirt off cruising. The yeah. Back. <laughs> Only takes a bike, man. Right. Well, and that, that was the, like part of too, like what I wanted to get across in the channel, you know, is that it really does only take a bike, you know, like that are some of like the core things of how I feel about biking and riding mountain bike that I wanted people to know. And when I started the channel, I didn't know that I was gonna sell my house and have the money to buy the Bronson. Like I had a fucking 10 year old, 11 year old bike at that point that I upgraded the hell out of it. And I was like, hey, I'm just gonna be like the regular Joe riding a freaking 10 year old bike and I'm gonna talk about that. And then I sold my house and I was like, oh, I can buy something new. And because of that, you know, and then I end up on this bike that's like a $10,000 bike and now I'm not like the regular guy anymore. You know, and, and it was kind of like a, a, a weird thing because it was like on one hand, it was like, dude, I've, I've ridden the shit out of this other bike and I want some new geometry and, and stuff like that. But but it also made me feel a little bit like like that's not, you know, who I am, you know, on one hand where I'm telling people I'm the regular guy, but I'm rolling around on a bike that that's freaking grit like uh, that doesn't make you a regular guy anymore, you know? Well, I mean, a lot. A lot of us, we've worked really hard to buy our bikes. We, if we've got a nice bike, you've worked hard or, you know, you've came out well on equity. Like, but then again, like you're saying, there's something about having a chameleon and shredding that. Or, you know, Joseph with trail features, he picked up his GT sensor for really, for relatively cheap. Like, I don't know. There's something about, something about having a regular guy bike, but I don't think you've lost that. Well, and, and, and my, my, I, I do, I do have this in the pocket. I bought it used, so I didn't pay 10 grand for it. So, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day though, I mean, you, 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 you have plenty of people out there that, um, are riding a 10 year old bike or are riding a hardtail cause that's like what they could afford. And that's one of the reasons that I really like another reason there's a, a lot of reasons for everything, but you know, like that, that was another reason that I wanted to get the chameleon, like just to show people like, look, dude, you can still go out there. I mean, this bike is still not an entry level bike. I mean, it's $1,700, dude. That's a shit ton of money, man. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that, that is a shit ton of money. Like a hardtail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it's not like you, you just freaking crap out fucking two grand, you know, like at least not any of the people that I know. You know, I'm, 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 I'm not rolling around with that, that kind of money in the bank. Like, obviously dude, the, the truck cost me a couple grand and it's like, dude, there went everything that I was planning on doing. Yeah. You know, it was like, so I get it. It's still not an entry level bike, but it is a hard tail and it is, um, I can show the process of upgrading it over time and Fortunately with the channel, like I, I do have the opportunity to maybe get some things cheaper or, or like, um, given to me from, from some bike companies. Yeah. But the only way that I can like rest my head at night with that is 
that I'm at least being able to like try this stuff out and tell people like, Hey, this is actually worth your money, you know, because there's nothing more daunting whenever you have a bike that you're trying to upgrade. And there's something like a, a $400 dropper versus the $200 one from P and W. And you're like, like there, there's this innate like capitalism built into all Americans that think if it costs more, it must be better, <laughs> you know? And, and, and at some point, you know, that's not always the case, you know, you don't want to drop some money like that, you know, cause you, yeah. Talk your wife into it or you gotta like do some extra mileage at work and not tell her about those checks, you know, <laughs> like, so, so you can come up with that stuff. And, and I think that, you know, hopefully, hopefully I can use the little bit of influence that I have to help people out, you know, and that's part of like the discounts on, on Patreon. It's like, well, I have this opportunity with these people. I could just freaking like get free parts for myself and make videos about it and, and not share that. But that, that to me is like, that's not who I am, you know? Okay. So here's the situation. You're, you're a biker. You've got 6,000 something subscribers. Joey Trek approaches you and said, Hey, we want to sign you ride our bikes. Would you take a sponsorship? It and, depends I mean, on the bike, dude. If yeah, I like the bike. We just recently had a fellow YouTuber, Paul the Punter. He got a smoking deal with Scott. Yeah. Pretty awesome. I mean, would you, I mean, how do you feel about sponsorships? Would you totally take just like a straight up bike sponsorship plus salary? I think it would have to be a bike that I'm really in love with, you know? So like for me, that's the part that that's difficult. You know, that's the part where I'd have to really, I think I'd have to have a relationship with the company first where like Paul, for example, he's been working with Scott for a while, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I can understand how I got there. Like, like for me, like if Santa Cruz wanted to give me a deal, I'd be like, right on dude. Like this match made, like I'm already on the, I'm on, oh, yeah. I'm in the camp, you know? Yeah. Um, if, like Haro reached out to me and they're like, Hey, ride my bike and freaking like, you know, just talk about how great it is. It'd be like, well, how about you give me a bike and I ride it and I talk about how it is. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly. So at this point I don't have like, this is not paying my bills. You know what I mean? Like this is like really all the money that I make on the channel, I've spent on the channel. And which is, it's not like I'm rolling in the dough when I, all the monies, <laughs> you know, but, um, I mean, it's like, it's expensive to buy new stuff. It's expensive to buy camera gear. It's expensive to get your gibble fixed when you land your 290 pound ass on top of it, you know, like, so I think that, um, some people may think that, you know, having this YouTube channel is like just all this money is rolling in or like all these like parts, like, like everything that you get aside from some shit from China, like you really have to work to get, you oh, know, no. it's not, it's not like, like, like I rolled up to Cali and was like, what's up Cali. And they're like, here's some helmets and here's some pads and we'll see you later, dude. You know, like, like it's definitely like, Hey man, let me talk to you about like, you know, what I can do and I actually enjoy your product and I want to be part of that, you know, not that it's like, Hey, give me free shit. And I'll just tell people it's cool. Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, I think we all have integrity. I mean, that's why we're on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Like is to like 
tell people like what we do and we don't like, you know? So that's, that's exactly how mine went. I, I had two ambassadorships for 2018. Hand up gloves, two pairs of free gloves. And, you know, I already was writing their gloves. I like the minimalistic feel. And then uh, MRP, like people think like, oh, you're you're a shill. They're, you're in their pocket. And it's, for me, it's like, look, I was really all about their stuff. I was writing it already. I, I wanted it. I wanted to represent them. And basically, they gave me a deal that was covering the tax. Like I still paid money for my forks. You know, the deal covers tax. And I don't know. I think as an influencer, YouTuber, just like you're saying, like you've got to be honest and down and keep that integrity. And, I, I think, you know, like it's cool to get discounts, you know, it's cool to get parts and stuff like that. But you also definitely feel like, a like, man, it's hard to shit on something when they gave it to you for free or to like, but at the end of the day, like that, like, that's really like your integrity is what's most important on YouTube. But I'm you sure know? you're upfront and saying like, look, like, I'm going to say my opinions about it. If you're not cool with that, then don't give it to me. Yeah. And that was one of those things, you know, when you first start, that's kind of difficult. You know, I don't think people really talk about that. It's like, is like the first time that you're getting something like for free or a discount and you're just like, Oh yeah, I really want to get something. This is cool. You know? And then after you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, like I need to actually be upfront with these people. Like, and tell them like, Hey, there's a possibility that I'm not going to like what you gave me. So, <laughs> Like, how, how do you guys feel about that, how that plays out? You know, so let's make sure we establish that first, you know, because there's things, you know, it's like, dude, I'm a big guy, man. I don't treat things the same way as like some other guys do. So maybe for you, for somebody that's like 170 pounds, that wheel set would be awesome. But for me, it's like, dude, I'm gonna fuck it up. You know, like I'm gonna feel it flex because I'm a fatty. You know, so I'm gonna talk about that. And if if you don't want that to be heard, then that 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 that's probably not a good deal for you. You know, how are those MV wheels for you, by the way? I like them, dude. Honestly, this is the first time. This is the first set of, of carbon wheels that I've had. So um, when I got the Bronson, my old bike was like I said, ten years old. However, everything on it, aside from the frame, was brand new. So, I mean, it was like, it. Let, let's just say in 2017, when I started the channel, I had the profit. The only thing on the profit that was older than like six months was the frame. Like everything, like the wheel set was brand new. Like the hubs were brand new. Like, like everything on there is brand new. So like realistically, it was a brand new bike, but with an old frame, you know? And, um, but when I moved to the profit, like, the way that geometry changed and the like i had never had SRAM before um i never had carbon wheels before i'd never had a carbon bike before like all of those things together wow this bike is amazing it's so different than my old bike but it took me a long time to really be able to understand what was what was causing the things that i liked and didn't like you know like it took me riding the Bronson for probably eight months until I like rode some demo bike that had like aluminum wheels and I went into a corner and I felt it flex and I was like, Oh, that's it. I know what that is. You know, that's not normal. You know what I mean? It was like, Oh, wait a minute. I hit all these Rocky things and I feel like, 
on like an aluminum wheel, maybe it's a little cusher, but on the carbon wheel, it's a little more like responsive to me, but that equates to me feeling like I have more control, you know? And, and but it really, for me, like I said, I'm not one of those people that really like gets that shit right away. So it really, it has to, it, it takes time for me to kind of pick that up. Some people are really, really good at that. You know, like you said, you did a lot of reviews. Um, who's the other guy in Salt Lake? I can't think of his name right now. He uh, does all TV, yum, yum. Yum, yum. Yeah. And it's like, dude, what he does, I could not do, dude. Because honestly, it would be me riding the same trail being like, yeah, this is an awesome bike. <laughs> you know, I don't know what to say. Well, you know? nowadays, it's kind of like that. Like, oh, this climbs great. Oh, this descends great. You know? Right. But um, how, do you, how, do you, how do you chop that up? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, for me, it's like, that's why I thought the ride that I did with the Bronson with, with Steve Y was great. Because we did a loop, and I rode my bike. And we did a loop, and I rode that bike. Like, the same loop. So like the only thing that I could possibly say was different was maybe I was more fresh on the first run than I was on the second run. But on the other hand, on the second run, maybe I feel a little more confident on my lines because of I'm doing it the second time today, yeah. you know? So for the most part though, I really could just focus on, okay, what is different, you know? And even then I was still didn't have a lot to say. Cause it's like, dude, this is a badass bike. <laughs> it, it's not a bike that's so awesome that made me want to like go sell mine and rebuy a new one. So I could say that. Which bike was that? I remember that was the Bronson. So I was I was testing the new Bronson against my Bronson. So I actually think I watched that one. Yeah. I mean, that's embarrassing to say, but let's face it, I have a crazy life and I can't keep up with everyone's YouTube channel. <laughs> Dude, you know, before I started my channel, I watched a lot of YouTube of yeah. other guys. And once you start your channel, it's like all that free time that you had to watch other people's videos, you're you're using that in editing and content creation and responding to Instagram posts. And, you know, like, yes. so you, you don't realize what you're you're giving up, you know, whenever you start that stuff, you know, it's just, uh, there's a lot of things with having a channel that are like way not that I ever thought would ever happen, you know, like some of them, like, like coming into a bike shop and some dude being like, dude, can I take your picture? You know, <laughs> like, you're like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, like serious, you know, and, and the guys in the bike shop are looking like, what's that fat guy over there getting his picture taken for? That doesn't make any sense. You know, or like, like a couple weeks ago, some kid asked me to sign his jersey. Whoa. I was like, I looked at his dad. I was like, dude, you let him watch my shit? <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, dude? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a biker signature that's B1KER? No, you know, and that was the thing that I thought at the moment. I was like, I mean, I have my signature. I, I wrote that. I mean, apparently he's probably writing checks with my name on it now. But like, um, I, I was like, man, I guess I need to like spend some time and figure out a biker signature, you know? And I don't know. I mean, like I do stickers and I'll hand them out. I've just about run out of stickers. It's crazy. No, I get, I'll, I'll get recognized every once in a while. But like the last three or four times I've been on Horse Thief's Bench, that drop in where I did my last videos is mainly where people have recognized me because they're like walking up and down and they're like, oh, hey, you're the dude from the video that I just watched because I'm riding this trail now and I looked it up because I wanted to be prepared for it. You know, I don't. Most people say when they recognize me, they recognize me because they my voice. Oh, yeah. Most of the time, like I remember I was riding somewhere. I was up in Tahoe and like 
I mean, I'm wearing a shirt right now. I got this big tribal like tattoo on my arm. I'm I'm a fucking fat guy. Like, there's not a whole lot of us out on the trail that have that, you know. And so, like, I remember I rode by this this guy and his wife or something like that. They like passed me on the climb. Weird. And um, like later in, in the climb, like we were all kind of hanging out in the same spot, and I started I was talking to my buddy. And, and he came over and he's like, hey, I heard you laughing. And I realized that you're the guy from the biker channel. But it was like, it, it was the laugh that made him recognize me, not looking at me, you know? Oh, that's that's awesome though. Yeah, it, it's definitely like, I, I definitely have a very good following in my local area, you know? So like if I ride Auburn on a weekend, the last time I rode Auburn on a weekend where I wasn't, in some areas that don't don't get ridden much um like if i'm riding the regular trails dude i'll, I'll probably pass like 10 people will be like b1 you know and i'm like having beers is like that's kind of crazy you that's know it's cool. definitely not um those weren't those are some of those things that i didn't expect to happen you know especially i mean look at me dude i'm not a pillar of fitness i'm not a badass rider you know what i mean like i'm i'm not i'm not doing anything like i'm not even like trying to get better really you know i was thinking about this on my way home today it was like like all these other guys are like okay i'm learning how to do this and i'm learning how to do that and i'm like dude i'm just riding bikes dude i'm just filming it you know like i'm doing the same thing that i was gonna do if you fuckers weren't here except for i'm doing it and recording it you know that's that's relatable though i mean for me I don't watch World Cup. I don't do downhill or enduro. I don't follow pros. I don't watch Sam Pilgrim or like all the people that have the YouTube channels that are crazy good because it's not it's not relatable to me. And people are like, "Oh, you don't watch this channel?" It's like I barely have time and the ones that I do want to watch are either my friends or people that I can relate to. So that's that's why I think so many people love your channel. You're definitely at a spot where you're getting further from relatable, in my opinion, dude, because you're a badass rider, dude. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I did have uh, this last week was kind of crazy. I, Alex, I rode with Alex in Sedona and he filmed it. I actually wasn't really expecting him to film it. We were in the same spot at the same time. It's like, hey, let's ride. He filmed it. And then uh, BCPOV released his video. And I swear, when they're editing the videos, they're being super polite to me by only including the the writing that makes me look good you know yeah. it's like oh he looks good here let's edit this in because it's boring when i when I, i'm not writing well you know because i have plenty of times i'm not writing well i don't know dude i see you do some freaking pretty badass drops and then i see you do like just like some some stuff where i'm like dude I'm kind of afraid to ride with you and your your Colorado crew, man. All you guys out there, Outdoor Gold, Art, you know, RC and you and JF. I mean, I've ridden with JF Rides. Actually, I didn't ride with JF Rides. I showed up at the trail with JF Rides, and then I saw him somewhere on the trail, and then uh, we drank a lot of beer when we were done. But nice. I don't know, dude. I mean, you're a product of your trails, your local trails. People talk about that all the time. Like, for me, big crazy chunk and drops, six foot drops, like. That's normal for me, but yeah. if you put me on a trail that's super fast and flowy with trees, I don't know what the crap I'm doing. You know, yeah, way out of my element. I, I um, I just like riding bike, man. You know, and I just like having a good time doing it. I would like to get um, 
better at drops. So that's something that I do want to work on is like kind of like for a long time I was um I was I was I definitely pushed the limits a lot and when I was a bit lighter than I am right now like I was I was definitely like hitting it a lot harder than I am now and I had an accident and I I had a AC separation in my shoulder and um that really slowed me down a lot. So I have a lot of like anxiety on things that I wouldn't have had anxiety on before. And so I do want to work on those where like I see like on horse seat, for example, like you're like, oh, that first part, you like just come off this rock, looks like it's about like a three foot drop. And then you're going into the next thing. I'm like, if I came up to that, like I would have to be trying to figure out how I could roll it. Is that possible? I, I would like to be able to be comfortable where I could do hit that drop and and come into that technical spot and feel confident. And then the other thing is I would like to be able to spend some time at our local bike park and actually get good at like knowing how to hit like those tabletops with speed where I'm not casing it, yeah. you know, because I used to hit jumps like that all the time back in my BMX days, like it was nothing. So I know I know that 97% of doing that is actually just having the balls to do it. Oh yeah. You, you know what I mean? And like, once you do it, you're like, Oh, okay. You know? And so I, I would like to, to, to work on that, you know? So those, those are probably my, my riding goals for the year. But at the end of the day, like if I don't conquer that and I just get to keep riding fun places, then I'm, I'm fine with that too. You know? Well, and those three foot drops are the best ones to session really it's three three feet is like right at that level of i mean you take a small drop the same way you take a big drop but three feet is just enough to kind of scare you a little bit yeah and those, so what, like, what, those what do you think really played into your progression i mean you say you, you've only been riding mountain bikes for two years and to watch you ride dude you're you're freaking you're kicking ass so like what played into that progression with you um, well i mean i think there's a certain amount of when you learn and progress, you suck really hard at first and then you progress and it's exponential and you kind of hit a, a plateau, I guess you would say, and then you kind of level off. But for me, it's been riding with friends, really like riding with people that are either slightly better than I am or um, like right at my level and people that are patient enough to be like, yeah, this, this three foot drop into this technical section scares me too. Let's stop and session it together. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say that the best, the best thing is peer pressure and, and friends, you know, like peer pressure and, and peer pressure is not necessarily somebody being like, you fucking pussy. You know, it's, it's really just like, Oh no, I just watched my buddy do that. Like, or a lot of it is like, look, I'm behind you following you. And we've walked this. So like me and Alex on hangover trail in Sedona, like we walked a lot of those lines to make sure that we were going to be safe, knew what we were doing. Like, and after we walked him, like, yeah, it was still scary as shit, but I know that he's behind me with a camera, but I mean, he's behind me following that line that we just walked. So there's kind of that pressure to like, yeah, I got this maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that being towed into something is worth its weight in gold. Um, and, and especially being towed into something when you're actually like not planning on being towed into something. So like, there's one thing where it's like, Hey, lead me through this. I'm going to try to keep your wheel, you know, 
But then there's another thing where it's like, you're just bombing down this trail and they go over this rock and you think it's a rollover, but they just fucking send it and you're on them and you're like, oh, I guess I'm doing it, you yeah. know? And then, then you do it and you're like, oh shit, I can do that. Yeah. The hardest part maybe those too. Like you just do it. You're like, if I was by myself, I would never have thought. Right. And that's the hard part. The hard part is coming back the next time when you are by yourself and doing it. Yeah. You know, like, and, and I think that's part of like, what's, what's fun about mountain biking, like compared to like when you're talking about road biking, it's just like, get on and put the power down. Like with mountain biking, like today, there was a couple of things that every time I do, I've done successfully, but every time I do them, I'm scared that I'm going to fuck up today. And it was like, like this one rock that I wanted to roll. And I was like, on my way, I was like to this rock. It was kind of at the end of the ride. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm, I shouldn't do that because I'm by myself and, you know, I don't want to knock my teeth out or whatever, you know? And uh, then it's like, you, you have this internal like dialogue the whole time where you're like, no, because if you let it go today, then tomorrow it'll be more anxiety on it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, no, I have to hit it. I have to hit it. And then yeah. you do it and you're like, see, I knew I could do that, you know, but it feels good. You know, like yeah. those, 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 they're like those times that, that like, that's what makes this so good. Like you do this for like what we said earlier for like stress relief. Like I call it single track therapy, you know, and like, like that, that those little wins is what makes you get done and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Life's good. You know? Yeah. Well, that was way awesome. I mean, I barely ride by myself anymore because I I'll always reach out to someone just because you know with small kids I would much rather be safe than cool and trying stuff by myself. I'm I usually err on the side of caution, but I totally feel what you're saying. I tend to to err on the side of caution, and I do mostly ride with people. However, I will say that some of my some of my favorite days have been just me being by myself oh, yeah. when you really just have that time to like, just be you. And if you want to session that rock for fucking 40 minutes, like you can do that and you don't feel like you're holding anybody up yeah. and you're like, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to sit here and look at it for 10 minutes while I eat another cliff bar. And then I'm going to do it again. And then you're like, ah, oh, I didn't do it. And you, you you ride away 20 feet and you're like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to go back again. I'm going to do it again. You know, and like, or you like, you do what should be an hour and a half ride, but it takes you three hours just because you're like, oh, I'm going to try that. Oh, I, I didn't see that line before. I never saw that line because I never took the time to actually slow down here. You, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I, I like to try to surround myself by people that have that same mindset because those rides are really fun to me. They're like, hey, let's stop and session this, you know? And I think part of the channel like helps with that too, where it's like, oh, now we have an excuse to session because we got to film it, you yeah. know? <laughs> like we, we got to do that, you know? But a lot of times when you're riding with a group of people, you know, you, 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 you don't want to hold anybody up. And like part of the reason that even when everybody is sessioning it, that you only do it two times instead of three is because you're like, oh, I don't want to hold everybody up. Like, like, cause you're, you're always in life trying to like make excuses on why you shouldn't do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and the, the battle is like getting yourself to actually do it, you know? 
That's crazy. That's like starting a YouTube channel. You know, um, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, what's his name? Guy up from, from BC has been doing it for a long time. Jordan Boostmaster? Yes. Boostmaster said on one of his videos where he was like, how to start a YouTube channel. Like the first thing is just do it. Yeah. And like, that's so true. Like that, that taking that leap of editing something and knowing that it's probably not that good and you don't seem that awesome and you're not as good as these other guys that have 6,000 or 10,000 or a hundred thousand subs, but just putting it out there, like that's the hardest part, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, and then knowing that you're going to be embarrassed of it in three weeks. Yeah, right. <laughs> I also, I, uh, I posted like a snapshot of one of my first videos just to say like, oh, it's been two years. And I had a fellow YouTuber call me out. He's like, hey, I noticed you made a lot of those unlisted or private. And I was just like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, even though I'm embarrassed of them and they're 15 minutes long and no one's going to watch them, I should probably make those public. And I don't know. Yeah, you just got to put yourself out there. Yeah. You know, I think that those old videos, though, are like, they're fun. I don't know about you, dude, but I, I watch my old videos too. Like sometimes I'll, I, I had a few beers and I'm like, Oh, I want to watch that one again, you know? And, and it's really fun. A you documented your life, but B like you really can look at that and then recognize where, you, where your growth has been, you know, like where you've learned or recognize like, Oh, that that's, that's how I could have done this different. And I, I understand it now. And, it's just that experience that's like, you know, like what I was saying, it would be fun to go back and just like re-edit three of my videos or something like that, you know? Yeah. But I think that like that rawness and that like inexperience is also obviously, I mean, it, it, it's part of it because if you didn't have that, it, it related with people somehow. Oh yeah. Because otherwise you wouldn't have got to where you are, you know? I mean, I don't think I ever expected it to get beyond like a hundred subscribers i don't know about you but i didn't have a plan i was just putting videos up having fun i still kind of am you know <laughs> i always say i wish i knew i wish i like documented better like what my actual plan was because i think you know through the process you like continue to change right. like what your focus is or what you're trying to do or like and whatever you're doing is always not good enough, you know, but um, I think that I wish I really knew what I thought I was getting out of it. I, I do remember saying that if I could make enough money to pay for one part, that it, it would be worth it because I'm going to do that anyway, you know? And I, um, I, I didn't, I, I remember always joking, like, I'm not going to quit my job. You know, that ain't happening. I mean, after I do now, now where I'm at, you know, two years later, I'm like, man, you see all these other guys like quitting their jobs and just doing it and like living that dream. You're like, man, that, that would be really fun. But I don't know how realistic that is. You know, like, honestly, like, Long Rob, time. you've been doing it for two years. You have 6,000 subs. You're obviously not BKXC. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, Long term, it's not going to work out. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. You I know. mean, that's probably negative to say, but. But I mean, I think you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where it's like, you know, everybody, I think at the beginning, they're like, 
you know, I'm going to blow up. I'm going to make this video. It's going to go viral. I'm going to be like the YouTube van's going to come just drop all the hundreds, you know? And, and, uh, I mean, I think that like that may not be your goal. You know what I mean? That may not be your, like your, your, like the thing that you really have your head stuck on. But I think in the back of everybody's mind, when they start, that's there. You're a liar if it's not, you know? But the thing about like going viral, I mean, I've never had a video go viral, but my first conquering horse thief video that did pretty well. Like for me, it's at 20,000 views and that's a lot for me, way a lot for me. I don't think I'm ever going to top that on anything. And I feel like there's that pressure now, like, Oh, if you have a video do really well, like everything has to be as good or better than that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of pressure that comes with um, the channel that you don't think about, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, dude, I think that the key things that, that are happening is we're riding bikes in different places. We're meeting a lot of really cool people and we're having a lot of fun. And of the, there, there is a lot of work attributed to it as well. But at the end of the day, like we're having a lot of fun and right. we're a lot of really good people. Like really like all you guys that I've had on the, 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 the biker bar, like that you I've met through like Slack and stuff like that. Like, I feel like I have lifetime friends from this, you know, and like in places that I never would have had friends, you know, and that's, that's really, that's, life to me is about experience and this has definitely helped me get a lot more experience you know crazy so here we are we're wrapping up two hours right now man um where do you want to see your channel go in the next year now that we're talking about this oh the next year you know it's kind of funny i always joke like I was like, throw a dislike on there and don't subscribe because I, I kind of want to fight the system. But I think it's kind of dumb in some sort of way. But for me, I'd like to get to the point where I am not doing POV videos anymore because I'll leave that to you guys. You guys are great at it. For me, I kind of want to learn how to work a camera and photography because – I bought my GoPro Hero 4 Black for $100 on Craigslist. And I used an Amazon gift card to buy my my Evo SS, like I like $150 towards it. I haven't really bought anything that that's full price or really nice. Like I, I want to get a nice camera and really learn how to use it and put some good shots in there and I've really been working on putting my face in front of the camera a lot more because I used to hide behind my voiceover. I I don't know. I just I feel like if I put myself out there a little bit more and I learn how to make better videos and quality is a little bit better and be a little bit more funny and throw some comedy in there, that's I don't want to say like I want to reach ten thousand subscribers or whatever. I don't think I plan on doing this full time. I just I want to make more friends. I want to ride more bikes. I want to film more things and learn, learn this technology. Cause I'm totally not a techie guy. But. It's funny that you like, like, like for you, you have hidden behind a voiceover and you want to learn how to get in front of the camera more. And for me, I'm actually trying to do the opposite. Like I'm like now like going like my initial, like way I was doing the channel was like everything off kilter off like one take 
that's the way it is. That's the way it is. You know, and and for me, I'm in this new space now where it's like, oh, I can tell this story a little differently with these voiceovers. And like, I can still have me in front of the camera and, and have that part, but I can tell this story differently. However, the thing that I do really relate with you is on the camera side is like you, I, I do want to like learn about that a little bit more. And like when the, some of these guys like trail features or like um, the Lone Ranger and they're like shutter speed this and like they, I'm lost. I'm like ISO limit. I'm, I'm all I keep doing is like whatever everybody else said to do. Like if BKXE changes his to 1200, I'm like, oh, I guess that's what I'm going to do. Cause I don't know what the fuck that means, you know, but I would really like to do that. And I think that, has happened to me recently where I've really tried to like, okay, now I'm going to pull this drone work into it. I'm going to do these voiceovers to try to tell my story a little bit more than just off the cuff all the time. And um, I just want to make better content, you know, and I will say though, hands down, I want to hit 10,000, but like 10,000 is a number that I'm just stuck on. And um, I, I want to hit 10,000. And I also want to see my Patreon get to 250 patrons because that's the spot whenever I set up my Patreon where I felt like once I got to that, that'll be the spot that will help me be able to like do some travel and where it's like I could take a day off of work and have a three day weekend and leave Thursday night and be able to like fly down to Texas and ride with no front brakes and fly home and be able to do that my kids are older i'm i'm divorced so my daughter is at her mom's house half half the time and my house half the time so it's like i have some freedom where i could do those things and i i, I would like to do that and really see this channel grow and not necessarily in terms of to quit my job because i do it i don't what do you do for a living um i'm a grocery guy and i've i I travel all around to like 50 different stores all over Colorado. So really? Yeah. Kind of like a sales representative. Oh, really? That's so weird. My, my lady, she works for the, for, um, for like the national mango board and the, uh, watermelon board. So she works in retail as well. Nice. So like she goes and, and kind of does that stuff. That's interesting. Um, so like for me, like I would really like to see the channel grow because I feel like the more that it grows, the more influence that I can have to like help other people and to like get better deals for like the bikers, you know, or for the chipmunks or the bitches, whatever I call them that week, you know, and like to be able to like, I really want to see my, my biker event grow into something. If I could make that thing become like a Sedona, that would just fucking like tickle me because Last year, whenever I had, what was it, like 60-some people at the campground, and um, it was awesome to be, like, see all of these people there having a great time and, like, a day that they're going to talk about for, like, the rest of the year and know that, like, I orchestrated that. Like, that, like, like I know I'm not going to be in a history book, but, man, I influenced some people, you know, <laughs> and that makes me really feel good. That's so cool. That biker camp. Yeah, I I watch those videos. I mean, I put them on one and a half speed and commute and listen to them. And those are really fun. I um, 
maybe I'll put it on one of my goals to attend a biker camp. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're looking at the end of June. Hey, dude, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your life. I know you got a family, got a wife, got got the little kids um, to hang out here with me on, on the biker bar. That's that's awesome. And I really appreciate the fact that you you stopped by Patreon. You got me one person closer. So that that's definitely uh, getting me a little closer to my goal. All of the, you guys, there's 70 of you there right now. If you haven't hit the like button, there's no reason that there shouldn't be 70 likes before I hit stop on this. So there's 69 of you guys. Hit the like button. At least get it up to 69. We got two thumbs downs. Fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> hopefully I said something that really pissed you off and uh, then we'll, we'll get over that. Cause we're going to have 70 likes in a minute. Um, aside from that, I, I want you guys all to know, tune in every week, Sunday at 5 PM PST, unless I send it out on the community tab and tell you guys that it's actually not happening at five. Sometimes it goes an hour late for an hour early. Cause other people have schedules apparently. Um, I really appreciate all of you guys that have been here, every single one of you. Actually, I only appreciate the ones that hit the like button or the subscribe button. But the rest <laughs> of you guys, while you think about hitting the like button or the subscribe button, you'll be on my favorite list once you do that. Um, I I, um, I think it was really fun chatting with you, man. Like it, it, it was it was definitely a, a great conversation. And I look forward to having you on the show more in the future. Yeah, so thank you for having me, I appreciate it. it. It was a it was a good good time, dude. So there's one. Do you have a, do you have like a closing line on your show on your on your channel? Uh, not really. A lot of times I'll say, you know, I'm the crashing dad. Get out there, ride more, and crash less. Oh, that's good. I like that. I definitely need to crash less. That sounds good to me. So I have one as well. You guys all know it. So it only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one, bitches. 